Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Uh, today, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm teaching on, on, on prosperity and finances. Uh, abundance. Praise God. Uh, that's what I'm teaching in the morning. I, I have specific instructions, not by pastor and apostle, but I have specific instructions from the Lord to teach on the subject of wealth tomorrow. Um, so we will deal with wealth. All right? So I'll need as, as much time as I can get so we can start from the basics and finish. It will be a crash intensive course. And if you're not uh, attending Fortress, that's just to make you very jealous. Uh, that we're going to have a good time tomorrow morning. Uh, Romans chapter 10. You know, you must say what the Lord says you should say. That's important. Do you realize Jesus made a statement, and the statement is, I do nothing except what I see my father do. The reason Jesus got 100% result was not because he was Jesus. That there is the reason Jesus got 100% result. Everything he did was what he saw the Father had done. So Jesus acted out the Father's script. Are you still here? Romans chapter 10, we're looking now at the source of faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans 10, 17. Praise God forevermore. Now, I want us to start from Romans chapter 10. I want us to start from verse 11. No. We're going to read. It's a long reading, but I want us to go with it. Let's start from verse 5. Romans chapter 10, from verse 5. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. So there are two kinds of righteousness. There's a righteousness based on the law. But it says, if you practice that, you'd live by that. So, uh, God gave them commandments, and he says, if they follow that commandment, whatever is in that commandment, they'll get it. Then he goes on to say, but the righteousness based on faith. So, there are two righteousness here. Righteousness based on the law, and righteousness based on faith. The righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Then he's telling us what that righteousness says. Now pay attention. It says, do not say. Where? Do not say where? Are you with me? Like Pastor Lee said, we have to respond. I know you have eaten. But man shall not live by Ugali alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Do not say where. That means your lips 
can be quiet, but your heart is saying something. Most people have the right lip confession and the wrong heart confession. And faith is in the heart. But we'll get there. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That means, hey, who is going to go into heaven to bring Christ down? Who, who will do that? That looks like a big task, right? Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. You know what he's trying to say? He's saying that do not say in your heart, pay close attention here, that it will take the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to get you saved again. That whole process will not be repeated. It's a done deal. Let me make it practical. When you have a problem, do not say, Oh, how will God help me? Who will bring God down to help me? Or who will raise Jesus from the dead to help me? No, your help is a done deal. Faith takes what grace has made available. Now he goes on to say, But what does it say? What does the righteousness by faith say? Look at this, interesting. The world, the world is near you. That is big. Hey, come on. Let me take my time on this. It says, you can't say who will bring Jesus up. Down, that's a big, that's a big task. You can't say who will raise Jesus up. That's big. He says, listen, the word is close to you. You know, how do we get miracles? How do we want our life to do well? We want a revival. We want Jesus to come and help us. We want this. Or we want to do 30 days fasting. We want to do 60 days fasting. No, no, the word. It's near you. Your solution is not from heaven. Your solution is not what is going to be raised from the dead. It's near you. How many times we find things that are near us, we don't value it? So I'll tell you something. If we had announced this conference, I say breakthrough, unlimited breakthrough conferences, come with a bottle of oil and a packet of salt. Say, wow, for the first time, Fortress Assembly now know what they're doing. The place will be packed because it's about who will bring Jesus down, who will raise him up. But when we say the world is near you, say, no, 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 no. Who will bring Jesus down? Some of you think your solution is far. The world, the world is near you. Right? Who's using a physical Bible? Yeah, so, right. I want to use as an example. The word is near her. She is as close to this book as every solution she will ever require in life. Pastor, this is your Bible, right? The word is near you. Is this phone close to you? This you have this phone by your bedside every time. That's the solution. The money for grace well is in the passage of that scripture. It's not who you write. It's not who, who is raising from the dead. It's not who will come from America. It's near you. Interestingly, it gives us the location. Where is the location? Come on, follow me. It is where? In your mouth and in your heart. 
It's in your mouth. Romans 10, 7. Are you there? Or are you guys sleeping? Verse 8 now. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Those two locations are the critical locations of faith. Heart and mouth is a big deal. Heart and mouth. Listen to me, child of God. If you don't have anything in this life, your legs are broken, your arms are gone, with hearts and mouth, you can get new legs. With hearts and mouth, you can get new hands. If they've driven you out of your house, you can't pay your rent, your heart is still working, your mouth is still working, child of God, you can recreate any miracle in this world. If the word of God is in your heart, and if you put it in your mouth, no devil in hell can stop God's word from working. If it's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. That is why it says, guard your heart with all diligence. Some of you guard your jewelries more than you guard your heart. That's why you're, not, you're, you're very beautiful on the outside, but broke. You haven't paid for your earrings. Nobody knows, but I know. Guard your heart. Don't listen to every news. Don't watch everything on social media. Don't research every gossip story. Your heart does not know good from bad. It reproduces every seed you sow. No information will leave you the same. Some of us, our greatest problem is our phones. If we had no phones, we'll be faith giants. Because we feed on the world one hour and we feed on something else three hours. And we dilute the word and measure the possibilities of the word by what's going on. For some of you, the exchange rate, the knowledge of the exchange rate is your biggest issue. The government is not your problem. Your lack of faith is. Government has never been anybody's problem. Praise God. I'll tell you. Let me just tell you for free. No payment. Things will not get better. The earth was not designed to get better. It's a cursed realm. You're not going to have a time where the prices of things are going to come down. Right? The mom is here. Ask her how much they used to buy cement to build. To Bob, right? Do you think your child, who just graduated, is going to buy cement at the same price you are buying cement right now? It's self-deception to think that the government will make things better. <laughs> they have never been your problem. Your faith is. Oh, but things are getting very expensive. Increase your faith. Work on your faith. You don't have control over what they're selling in the market. You're not the president of the nation. 
you, what you have control over is the resource you have to buy those things. And complaining about that will not increase your income. Rather, it will decrease what you already have. Because now you're not serving the Lord with gladness, but with complaining and murmuring. Famine doesn't stop God's word from producing. Are you still here? So we read on. For with the heart, a person believes. So we know where believing takes place. Where does believing take place? In the heart. Uh, If I get there, fine. You know, sometimes we actually think we believe, but we don't. I'll give you an example. I I have published a magazine about women pilots, about a woman pilot flying. I published a magazine just to motivate young people. And then I was in Kenya here one of these years, and I was flying to Uganda. I had a meeting in Uganda um, to come back to Kenya, so I was at the airport. And there was huge delay. I had the picture in one of my phones because <laughs> it was quite interesting. Then finally, we boarded. Remember, remember, I had just published a magazine to inspire people about a lady pilot. I think it was a Rwanda lady, one of the youngest pilots then. Very good. Paid for it. Beautiful. And then I saw this lady who is not too tall. Showed up from the cockpit and said, oh, good afternoon. We want to apologize um, for the delay of the flight. Here was a Boeing 737-800 close to a Dreamliner, not a Dreamliner, close to a Dreamliner, big. And this lady was going to fly. Then the words I was not expecting to hear came out of her mouth. I'm your pilot. I was like, have they closed the door? <laughs> Can I come down and take the next bus? I'm your pilot and I will see that we get there fast. Oh no. Right? Like, first thing, you're my pilot. Second, you're not very tall. <laughs> now you're my pilot with this huge machine, and then you will try to get there on time. But remember, I just wrote a magazine. It means what I published, I did not believe. I prayed in tongues all through. I was not afraid, I just I just felt like praying. I just prayed in tongues all through. Lord, whatever she does not have in height, make up for her. Let the angels hold her hand, Lord. <laughs> Lord, you that said you will never sleep nor slumber. I will go out in peace. I had to pray. I had to back her up with prayers. But because it was such an interesting thing, where we came down, I waited for her, took a picture with her. Because that taught me the greatest lesson of faith. That a man can say what he doesn't believe. He can write what he doesn't believe. A preacher can preach a message he doesn't believe. A preacher can teach you faith, but he begs all the time. Because he doesn't believe what he just preached. So where does believing take place? In the heart. 
And it takes time for your heart to believe something. Because your heart believes what is constantly fed. That is why if you feed your heart a lie, it will become truth. Listen carefully. That's why the scriptures say in the book of Romans that they established their own righteousness. It's like this whole gay agenda going on everywhere. Right? It's a lie being pushed to the point where it becomes truth and we establish it as righteousness. It now becomes right. Any lie consistently fed on will become true. In your heart. Right? In your heart. Because your heart does not know what is lie. Your heart is designed to just reproduce whatever comes in it. That's why if you keep telling yourself something wrong about yourself all the time, your heart will believe it and reproduce it. Are you following this now? So it says, For with the heart the person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Please follow this. Please follow this. These are the fundamentals of faith that people miss. What results in salvation is what you confess. What results in righteousness is what you believe. What you believe has to be confessed for it to produce salvation. Do you get it? Let me explain this. You cannot just accept the Lord Jesus in your heart. Except your mouth, you had an accident and your mouth is destroyed. But you have to confess. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no, when did you accept the Lord? In my heart, 1996. In confession, 1997. No. For salvation to be validated, heart and mouth must work. So you can't say you're believing God when you're not confessing what you're believing on. Most people believe with their heart and say something else. They have not really believed. Because whatever is in your heart will come out in your mouth. Are you still here? So let's read on. For the scripture says, whoever. Now, if we say whoever, that means you qualify. Right? If we say whoever, that means you do what? You qualify. It says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. So if you are disappointed, we know you don't believe. Because if you believe, hey, hey, how many of you remember? First class or second class, where you say, he that comes to God must believe that he is. If you really finish that class well, you will not be disappointed. You know, most people have never been taught on the magnitude of God. You know, most people don't know how big God is. They actually think generational curses is bigger than God. Because that's what they've been taught. They've been, they've been taught a diminishing form of God and an exalted form of the devil. Um, how do you call this? What do you call it? Uh, words and opposites. Right? Black, white, right? Tall, short. Am I right? What what else? Fast, thin. What else? Full, wise, right? 
What else? Big, small. Thank you. God. That's a problem right there. It's not God and the devil. That's a problem right there. That's a problem right there. God and the devil are not doing singular and plural opposites and words. That's a problem right there. God is all by himself. No opposites. We, we have this thing like, you know, the devil is fighting God, and God is fighting the devil, and sometimes, you know, God will like, in Jamaica, I think I'm, t- I'm getting tired. Come and replace me. Let me rest a bit. <laughs> we, 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 don't watch those movies. Most movies are not acted by people who understand theology. And if you, if you want to be a strong Christian, you, you need to watch that. That's why you must never allow your drama group to act drama if they're not your disciples. Because they will act wrong doctrine. And your people will observe the drama. They will remember the drama more than your message. So people shouldn't just act anything here that's not based on the theology of scriptures. Are, are you still here? God is not in competition with the devil. We've not been taught on the greatness of God. The reason the Old Testament saints could believe God was because the greatness of God was so visible. But God doesn't want us to believe him because of what is visible. He wants us to believe in his greatness even if we don't have that sensory sight. So if you see the Red Sea parts, it's okay for faith to come. But God says, no, I want you to believe me for what I wrote. Are you following this now? For the scripture says, he, whoever believes in him, will not what? Be disappointed. Number 12, for there is no distinction. Remember, I was talking about faith for salvation. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Let me, this is Africa. We are Africans. Hmm? Listen to me. Listen to me. I beg you in the name of God. There is no difference between a white man and you. If you don't renew your mind. See, I'm not just saying it for saying it's sake. Apostle Dennis, that if God is sending you to U.S. to preach, you don't feel God has opened the door for you. And when God says go to Kigali, you feel like a door has not opened. That is a problem. We haven't still renewed our mind. Dollars and pounds still sit as God in the throne of our hearts. You have to renew your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A wise apostle is not superior to a black apostle. There is no, we respect them, we honor them, just as I respect my brother and I honor my brother. You see, these are the little things that disturb our faith. Let me tell you. Do you realize that, not you guys, do you realize that if somebody sends an email and says, I just got a mail from US, somebody says he's so impressed by my ministry, they'll share it as a testimony. But if somebody sends a message 
from one village in Tanzania. I said, I saw you on Facebook. I'm from Mwemana in Tanzania. You have blessed my life. You won't read it on the pulpit. <laughs> but when you see, oh, somebody just wrote up from Australia. Who just write it? Australia. <laughs> there is a problem there. You still are having a distinction between the Jew and the Greek. You haven't trained your mind to believe that the same Lord is rich to Lord. The same Lord is Lord of all, sorry, abounding in riches for all black, white, fat, thin who call on him. This was the one truth that transformed the ministry of Bishop David Oedipo and launched him into wealth. No distinction. Went to Canada and someone said, what needs do you have in your ministry? He says, oh, our ministry don't have needs. We meet needs. It wasn't a practice statement. Why are a lot of pastors relocating abroad? Everybody wants to go to US, wants to go to Canada, wants to go to London. Nobody is going to Mali. Nobody's going to Ivory Coast. The Lord is always calling people to US, Canada, and London. <laughs> God never calls people to Mali. God never calls people to Burkina Faso. God has never called anyone to Nigeria. You all just want to come and take the anointing and run back to your country. God is not asking any of you to stay because you're afraid you'll be kidnapped. Because <laughs> that's what you need. That's what you're fed on. It's not God calling us to those countries. It's pounds, dollars, and euros. It's mammon. Because you feel if you stay here long enough, God can give you money. Because you have not renewed your mind on who your God is. Are you still here? Yes. Is this is this okay? Yes. <laughs> so you you must not have this distinction. You know, even the Bible says in the book of James, it says, When a rich man comes, don't say sit here, and the poor man comes and says, Sit at my feet. Distinction. How do you relate to the rich members in your church? Are you very friendly because they can give you money? Like, wow! Welcome! You're so blessed. Please have your seat here. And then somebody else comes and like, tell them to go to the back. In your mind, there's a decision because you feel like if I treat this person well, and this one guy just choose to pay his tithes, the Sunday school will be built. That right there. Is a problem. Are you, are you following this? <laughs> so this is the work of faith. How to renew your mind so that these things don't make a meaning to you is now the work of faith. It takes time. It takes time. So it's not easy. You have to feed on the word, feed on the word, feed on the word, praise the name of the Lord, until your mind, like Bishop replied, we don't have needs. We only meet needs. And he was actually just speaking from the heart. He wasn't pretending. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. So it says, For whoever call on him on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are saints? Just as it is written. Remember, the context of this is salvation. Okay? Now let me explain something to you. Please, just pay attention here. The greatest faith you can ever exercise is faith for salvation. Because that's the greatest work God will do for man. Now, let me explain this. If the faith for salvation is shattered, the faith for everything else comes from there. Are you understand? The fact, and I'll show you here, the fact that you are saved means you have faith already. Because the greatest thing God really wants to give you he says, if he gave you his son, how will he not much more with him give you how many things? All things. The greatest thing God can give to you is Jesus on the cross. And he's done that. A car is not God's biggest problem. One million, ten thousand, one billion carriers. Listen, he can't replace Jesus. So if we understand how faith for salvation comes, we can understand how faith for everything else comes. That's why people must be properly born again. Because you know, we pastors sometimes we like to write names of people who got born again, and I don't know who we are showing those numbers to. How we had a meeting, 60 million came to Christ. You know, in Nigeria, if you want to have statistics for your crusade partners, come to Nigeria. Every time we are getting born again. We had Bunky would do a crusade in that town. Six million will get born again. Uh, evangelist Doug will come. Uh, six million will get born again. We, 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 we make evangelists look good. You know that one sister in church that makes you look anointed? Before you lay hands, she has always fallen. You know, even when you are not prepared, you just say, get, get me Sister Jane here, get me Sister Jane. Take it, and she goes. You know, there are sisters who make you look good. Just makes the person look anointed. Every Sunday, they are always falling. Just easy. Even if you are not prepared, just, just touch. Just come close to her. Make you look anointed. Nigeria will make you look good as an evangelist. They'll give you the numbers. Just show up. Millions will come to the cross. But did they hear the message? Did they hear the message? Because if someone is taught the message for salvation, faith begins from there. So it's not come to my church, God will do it for you. That's not salvation. That's not salvation. Right? But let's go on. So it says, however, um, verse, verse what? Verse 15 now. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is at the feet of those who bring the good news of good news of good things. I like that. Good news of what? Good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. Hmm. They did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our reports? So, uh, our key scripture, faith comes. Let's pause. If faith comes, it means faith can go. Faith comes. 
by or from hearing. Now, if I stop that verse and say faith comes by hearing, then it means anything, but it, it, is, it, didn't, it didn't stop there. It says, and hearing by the word of Christ. So, there is only one food of faith, the word of Christ. Only God's word, listen to this, only God's word builds faith, gives faith. The food of faith is the word of God, nothing else. Anything else you feel on will put faith in that thing. But God's faith only comes by God's word. If you feed on recession long enough, you will have faith in recession. If you feed on poverty long enough, you would have faith in poverty. If you feed on gossip long enough, you would have faith in gossip. Whatever you feed on long enough brings faith. Are you following this? But hearing by the word of God. So the source of faith is the word of God. And many people want to get faith without the word. Faith in God or faith in anything is built by hearing. Consistent hearing is the method of acquiring faith. Let me give you a practical example. Who is an engineer here? Anybody? An engineer? You studied engineering in university? Anyone? Or you studied engineering? Okay. Which other course? Who, who, who went to the university here? <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking because hands are just down. Okay, what did you study? Procurement. Okay, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else went to the university? Or, or what do you call it? Eh? I'm surprised. Who else? We are looking for university graduates. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? What did you study? Education. Fantastic. Yes, ma'am. Law. Fantastic. Fine. So you are after your how many years law? Two years law school, which is law school. So you, okay. So you are you become an advocate. So you are you're a qualified advocate, barrister, right? Do you call them barrister here? What do you call them? Oh, lawyers. Oh, okay. So advocates. Okay. So we are an advocate. Okay. So can I use you as an example? Is it fine? All right. So. Um, your total study is eight, four, two years. That's eight years, right? Total study. Six, six. Six years, sorry. Now, you went in to the law school not as a lawyer, right? Not as an advocate. You went in as a normal Kenyan girl. And then, what happened to you in six years that you can boldly raise your hand and say, I'm an advocate? It's simple. You went to class every day. You heard words of law. You heard constitution. The first one year, mm, you couldn't say you're an advocate. You know, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, you could look at a policeman and say, you know what, that's not what the constitution says. Somebody can commit murder and run to you and you say, you know what, we can. Now you are confident. How did that faith come? Yeah. By hearing. And hearing by what? The word of the lecturer. 
Because you heard your lecturer long enough, he made a lawyer out of you. You can start out broke. If you hear the words of prosperity long enough, God can make a rich man out of you. You can start out sick. If you hear the words of healing long enough, God can make a whole man out of you. You can start out, you know, at the bottom of the world. But if you listen to the words of Christ long enough, give it some years, you will become so bold that you say, you know what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you're not boasting. That's who you are. If she says I'm an advocate, it's not pride. Yes. Yes. She's not proud. Yes. That's what she is. Yes. If I say, I'm rich, say that minister is proud. No, 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 I'm not. Jesus says, I'm anointed to do this. But you know what? You have to read it in the scriptures. You know, that was not the first time Jesus read that passage. That was the first time he says, this is fulfilled. So that means he's been looking at that scripture. And looking like, this looks like, this looks like my assignment. This looks like my assignment. And that particular day, he said, this word is fulfilled in your ear. You need to keep looking at the word of prosperity. And you're still broke, you look at it. 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 You're still broke. One day you just show up and say, boss. I've made it. I'm rich. You know, one day, I just got married. Got married with absolutely nothing. Had nothing in our house. No chair. When we used to sleep, take my wife's clothes, we wrap it. Put it. No chair. <laughs> I've used faith in God to give out things. Right? We we'll talk about a lot more that. But one day I was in the house listening to message, studying the word, and I ran out. And I told my wife, I said, congratulations. She said, what happened? I said, you married a very rich man you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At the time I did that, were we still broke? Very broke. Yeah. But I've seen that this day, this scripture is fulfilled. Did it take time? It took time for it to be manifested. But once my heart has believed, my mouth could speak. Are you, come on, are you following what I'm saying? What are you sitting on? You don't have time to be in church. You don't have time to be taught by your pastors. And you wonder why your life is not going well. How should you go? How else? See, we will be surprised if your life went well. Well, how else? I mean, somebody comes to me and says, I don't know why my life is not going well. I said, it's going in the very direction it should go because you are disordered, you are scattered. Scattered people have scattered lives. I should, you can't have a scattered arrangement and an organized life. You're not in church. You're not fed by the world. Listen to me. He says, I'll give them shepherds after my own heart. Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The next verse says, and after you are increased. Your source of increase is being fed with knowledge and understanding. 
So if you don't have time to feed on the word, you don't have time for increase. Don't say, why is my life going like this? It should go that way faster. In fact, the mercy of God has restrained you from not self-destroying. How should your life go? How should it go? attention to the word and you want my life and your life to be the same? God is not an unfair God. He's a just God. That's why in the Old Testament he told them, if you do this you will get this. If you do this, lions will eat your children. <laughs> you will be slaves. You will die. They will take your life. He told them straight. So that you don't blame me. So every time Lion ate their children, they say, Oh God, have mercy on us. God says, You know what to do. Return. You make the choice and not the world controlling what's happening to you. You are controlling what's happening to you. If you don't like what's happening, change what you're feeling yourself on. of the devil. If you are poor, feed on the word of prosperity. If you are sick, feed on the word of healing. If you are afraid, feed on the word of righteousness. If you are struggling with sin, feed on who you are in Christ. And give yourself some time and you will say, this is that which was spoken by the Lord. But this is where the problem is. People don't want to do the hard work. So you are looking for, show me the faith principle. If I give 100, how much will I get? If I come to church just for this program, will I get faith? No, you won't. No. They brought this preacher from Nigeria. He's very good. Just lay your hands on me so we can get faith. No, we don't impart faith. Faith is not imparted. Can I make him lay hands on you? You don't have faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't do the hard work. Even as a pastor, have you fed on the word of prosperity long enough to know that your members are not your source? You haven't fed on so you don't know. You just say it, but you harass them. Close the door. 70 people here to give us 70 chaos. Close that door. In person, put it now. There's an anointing here. Make it, why the pressure? Why the pressure? Why the, why, why the hurry? What is the pressure for? Even in the Old Testament, when they collected offerings for the tabernacle, they allowed the people to go home and bring the things. What is the pressure? What's the pressure? You are afraid that if the people leave, they will not bring enough. That's fear right there. Deal with it. That's fear right there. You deal with that. Never see people and see money. You have to deal with that. That when your church is full, you feel offering must be taken. There's any times when I have conferences, I don't take offerings. Not my members are here. Sometimes I finish teaching Bible study, I'll say, you know what? You guys go home. Just go home with your offerings. Buy something, eat. Yeah, yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Just go and buy something on your way. I'm not saying your pastor should do that to you. So, yeah. Thank you. This is why I came to this conference. Ah, this is why I came to this conference. No. But you know what? I've renewed my mind so much that I know that money does not go away from me. It comes to me. It never goes away. 
It comes through me. And God is my source. Are you still here? Praise God. You know, when I accept invitations to preach in any nation, even going to the U.S., I just buy my ticket. I went to preach in uh, Mississippi, New Albany, Mississippi. Preached for a friend of mine, Apostle Stephen Woods, a retired U.S. Marine. And he reached out to me and said, Oh, Pastor Gaga, you're coming. Uh, what are your charges like? What, 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 what do you look at for your honorarium? I said, I said, sorry, sir, you can't give me honorarium. He said, yeah, but people from... I said, no, you can't. You, you don't have enough <laughs> to give me. Paid my way. Blessed me generously. His church blessed me generously. I'll tell you a quick testimony. I'll tell you a quick testimony. I'll tell you a very quick testimony. Very quick testimony. One of the biggest miraculous provisions I've experienced in my life. I'll tell you a very quick testimony. It still shocks me till today. The testimony is quick, <laughs> but it's powerful. I was in a dream in Port Harcourt, starting at Port Harcourt Church. I was in a dream, and Bishop Kid Butler yeah, laid hands on me, imparted me. And the Lord started speaking to me about Bishop Kid Butler. That was May, third week. And then I shared it with a friend of mine. And a friend of mine says, I think God wants you to be at Kid Butler's conference. And I said, I think so too. Logical mind. This is, this is a testimony of faith that I didn't have faith on. It's a testimony of God's mercy overriding my unbelief. So I said, I, so my logical calculation, everybody around me knows I think years ahead. So I said, next year, I will prepare for their conference. They do conference every June. And there was, this is May, third week. There was a conference third week of June. So I told my friend, I said, yeah, I've, I've checked out the conference. They have a conference every June. I'll plan for next year, my planning mind. Then, two days later, my friend calls me and says, we were doing our morning devotion, and the Lord asked us that you should go, and we should buy the ticket for you. Sent me a premium economy United Airlines ticket, Lagos to New York. Now I have the ticket. I'm like, I don't have money for hotel. What do I do? So I was talking to one person in church after service, and I was like, yeah, I might not be around this time because I'll be going for a conference in the U.S. And the person looks at me and said, do you have a dorm account? I said, yes. He said, oh, I have $1,000 that I am not using. I'd like to just sow it and be of a blessing to you. I said, do people have dollars they're not using? Now, listen. Seth gives me a thousand dollars. Now you know my greatest problem? I never go anywhere without my father's permission. Because he's my spiritual father. Now I have tickets, I have accommodation, I haven't told my dad. That was my greatest problem. How do you travel to US and my dad? I'm not saying something that happened when I was small, just 2021 20, here. 20, no, I think 2020. Out there, before just before the COVID or something. So I'm like, God, you have to speak to my dad. So I just sent him a message that, yeah, I had this dream. Now you understand, it's not a, it's not a trip I planned. Listen, I'm not being invited to preach. So how do you start that conversation? It wasn't a conference I had planned. You understand, so I said, I had this dream and everything, but somebody bought me. He was like, oh, you can go. That was the greatest miracle. That was the greatest miracle. He said, you can go. I said, fine. I flew to U.S. Went to the conference. 
Before I was to lose the conference, Apostle Brandon sent me a prophetic word. He said, you're going to go there, you're going to meet a white person, it's going to be interesting. I said, okay. So I landed. Then, I took Uber to the church. Now, I had internet in the hotel. I did not have uh, internet in my phone. So, after the first day, I couldn't come out. So I walk up to this lady, and really, I don't like to appear like a beggar. So I walk up to this lady and say, you know what? I came from Nigeria for this conference. I can't pay my way. I just need internet to get Uber. I was like, wow, you came from Nigeria. That's beautiful. In my mind, I just let me go. <laughs> and he says, there's this guy that works in the partner's department. His name is, uh, I call him Uncle Bailey, older man. The man is retired. He says, works in the partner's department. He lives along where you said your hotel is. He will take you. Uncle Bailey comes out. Oh, meets me and says, I will carry you every day. So he picks me up, takes me every day, takes me every day. Conference. Last year of the conference, Bishop Kid Butler has pastors who are his sons who he invited. They are having dinner, just like, no, you came for this conference now, of course. They're having dinner. And uh, Mrs. Pauline mentioning their name, so you can. She's still at the partner's department. Says, I think you should meet Bishop. The lady just holds my hands, walk me right straight into the dinner, takes me to Bishop Kid Butler. I says, I just wanted to meet this person, came from Nigeria. And Bishop Kid Butler said, Wow. When he said, Why? I almost felt like this is Kid Butler. I almost forgot my name. Yeah, you know, have you seen how many of you know Bishop Kid? Kid is huge. He's, he's like, How are you? I'm like, <laughs> So he just says, bless you and everything, and he walks out. Sunday we're in service. I'm sitting in a long chair. Uncle Billy and the wife are sitting here. I'm sitting in a long chair like this. And this is a 20,000-member church, a big church. Big, big facility. Over 220 acres, big facilities. And I'm sitting there, right? I don't know why I'm sharing testimony, but I think I need to share it. I'm sitting there. Uncle Billy is here and the wife. And they see someone who, are, who they have not seen in the church for like two years. They are friends, but the church is so big, they haven't seen themselves in two years. It's 20,000. So the chances of sitting close to somebody you know in church, in a 20,000 member church, is. And he was like, wow! Uh, what's her name again? I've forgotten her name. Say, oh, she has her own ministry. Good to see you. Meet a young friend from Nigeria. Like, we want to have lunch. Do you want to join us for lunch? The lady says, oh. And that's why you must learn to respond by the Spirit. Because they asked me, would you want to have lunch? And I said, yes. <laughs> now, I, I could have said no, but I said yes. So we're sitting in for lunch. The lady is opposite me and says, I have been praying for three years to meet someone from Africa that I would show to directly. I don't want to show to anybody who, uh, who I don't want to show to, I want to meet the person and put the money in their hands. She says, I want to give you a check of $1,000. I said, I'm traveling tomorrow morning. I can't catch check. Faith again. Because you're not like, $1,000, don't worry. We will, where's the check? We will look for a way to catch it. I, to be honest, I was, I was blessed by the fact that she wanted to sew, but there was no desperation. I could have just gone. Now, not because I have a lot of money, physically. 
So she says, okay, I will do something today, immediately after lunch, try to get cash and be with you. Before you go to the airport, I'll miss you. She, she comes in the morning, very early, and says, yesterday night, the Lord asked us to add another $500. So she gives me $1,500 cash. Remember, don't know this lady. And then we get to the airport, Uncle Billy says, myself and my wife yesterday, the Lord told us to give you 1500 So I go to U.S. and I never have to spend a dime of my money. Tickets was paid. The only money I spent was the Uber money. Uh, accommodation was free. And I got more honorarium than people who will go there and preach for one month. <laughs> Came back with $3,000 attending a conference and having to meet Bishop at a close range. We didn't speak, but that proximity is enough. How does that happen? How do you, how do you plan that? Secondly, how do you beg that? How do you beg your friend for tickets? You beg for accommodation? You beg for 1,500? How do you beg that? Now, put that, put what it would take to beg that amount from people. The call, the self-depreciating stories, the sharing of unnecessary details which people don't know, the putting of your family picture on Facebook, appealing accounts, WhatsApp status. Look at the energy it would take, the strategy it would take to beg over $4,000 in three weeks with your dignity intact. So you, you're, you're planning this begging mission with dignity intact. So that's how would you do that? You underestimate what God can do in your life if you're in faith. You underestimate. You, have, you think you have an idea who God will use to bless you. That's your problem. It's the idea you have. <laughs> it's a wrong idea. It's unbelief. The children of Israel were warned never to trust in chariots and in horses because their victory was from the Lord. Chariots are prepared, but victory is from the Lord. Listen to me. The greatest faith lesson you can learn in this conference is transplanting your trust. Taking your trust completely from your ministry, from your preaching ability, from your members. From, I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years, so I'm not teaching you theory. I've lived by faith for 15 years. And I can share some testimonies with you. In 15 years, I've never had to buy a cloth. Everything I wear is seed, is gift. Everything I'm wearing now was given to me. Never had to buy for 15 years. I'm not saying that's how God wants to deal with you. I don't know how you and God are doing your own thing. <laughs> but as for me and this God, there are things we talk about. There are conversations we have. Because I said, El shall die. Not El Shippo. <laughs> so faith comes from hearing. So I want to ask you today, what are you hearing? Are you hearing that there's more money in America than Kenya? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you expecting? I want you guys in Fortress to get to the point where pastor doesn't have to stand here to raise an offering. But every bill is paid off. That's where you should get to. Where we are having faith conference and you ask the Lord, what is my financial portion in this conference? And the Lord shows you, says 100,000, and you write it off. That's how to live. Harassed giving. 
is not New Testament given. Because once it's not free will, then it's not accepted. We'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow. Are you, are you getting blessed? Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's build. So faith comes by hearing. Let's take an example of this. Acts chapter 14. Are you still here? Acts chapter 14. I hope that testimony helped you. Alright. I, I really don't like sharing testimonies, but I think that should just help you. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 14. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And, um, and verse 7. Let's just read verse 7 very quickly, right? And they continued to preach the gospel. What did they continue to preach? What did the apostles continue to preach? I want to hear that. What did they continue to preach? The gospel. Now, let me tell you something. If the gospel is well taught, faith for anything can come. If you preach the gospel, faith for healing can come. If you preach the gospel, faith for prosperity can come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you teach the gospel, faith for anything can come. So not what they were preaching. And the apostles were preaching the gospel. At Lystra, a man was sitting. This is interesting. I like this story. Who had no strength in his feet. Lame from his mother's womb. Who had never walked. Isn't it amazing? If you say lame from your mother's womb. We should know that you have never walked. <laughs> I want to see how detailed this man's story was described. Because if you say someone was lame from his mother's womb, we actually know that that feet had no strength. This guy is lame. Do you know that the way this man was described, all three things that were said about him were just repetition of the same thing. That's to tell you how bad the case was. There was no strength in his feet. Lay from his mother's womb, I've never walked. There's no way you can walk if you were from your mother's womb. Lay from your mother's womb means at best you were lame. It's bad. And he was a man. That means he had grown. Yeah, then this man was listening, listening. How come people with no feet can pay attention in church? Some of you don't pay attention because you have feet. You move around all the time. If you were crippled, you'd have no faith. Because then you can't move until we move you. So we just put you right in front of the altar and say, stay here. And some of you, even in wheelchair, you still move. <laughs> Not everything that takes you away from listening from the word of God is taken away from your faith. Nothing irritates me. Like when I'm teaching and people are not paying attention. I know it's the devil at work. They don't know, but I know it's the devil at work. As a minister of the gospel, when I walk into any service, my phone is off. I practice it for years. Never on, except I have to receive an information. We need to be careful that we're not normalizing distraction. I'll tell you something. It's one word you might need from a message that is a victory, victory answer. 
And if that word doesn't come, if you don't know that, if that word doesn't come, sorry about that. If the word comes and you're not listening, there's no victory answer for you in that service. So it can be one hour message, but one word. Do you understand that? That's why I say one word from God can change forever. Well, let me leave that so it won't be like I'm on your case. So what was the man doing? Listening to Paul as Paul spoke. What was Paul speaking? The gospel. Remember, remember, right? The gospel. Paul was not doing a healing meeting. Okay. Who, when he has fixed his gaze on him, there is nothing like listening and not focusing. Because so many is about to happen here. This guy was listening and fixing his gaze on Paul, meaning he wasn't even thinking about his lame foot. He wasn't thinking about when the service was going to end. He wasn't thinking about how hungry he was. But, I didn't even tell you one testimony in that, in that meeting I went to in Detroit. I'll come back here. You know, I, I love Brother Copeland. I said, well, my dad is one of the greatest role models in my life. And we're in that meeting, and Brother Copeland was to preach. And, and uh, there were reserved seats. I was sitting right there. There were reserved seats. And... Uh, it's like a lot of the pastors did not come. Remember, I was not, so my name was not anywhere, so I was behind. And then Bishop Kibotla was to bring Brother Copeland up. And he just said, I don't know, before Brother Copeland came up, I just had in my spirit, ah, I'm ready. So I was like, okay. If Brother Copeland is in a room, anything is possible. You know, but then Bishop Kibotla said, well, those who make the seats for, they're not here right now. Uh, you all come to the front. I was like, whoa. I was this close to Brother Copeland. Like, Brother Copeland was here. I was this close. I was like, Lord, I'm made for life. <laughs> like, I almost, I almost felt like, can I just touch you? I'm made whole. <laughs> but that was a miracle because that's the closest the Lord has brought me to Brother Copeland. Are you following this? So in one trip, the Lord made a lot of things possible. This man was listening, and he fixed his gaze, and this was where I was going. I, in 2015, I went for Brad Copeland's meeting uh, in South Africa, Believers' uh, Victory Campaign, and I sat somewhere, Rema uh, Bible Center, Rema Kali, and a guy came to me and said, uh... You look like Nigerian. I said, yes. Uh, you came all the way from Nigeria? I almost felt like saying no. <laughs> but I said, yes. And he said, wow, that must be a long... You know, I know a lot of people in South Africa. I did not tell them I was going for that meeting. I just flew in, paid a hotel, went for the meeting. I didn't even tell Brandon I was in town. Yeah, just me. And he said, ah, but you could have bought the tapes. I knew that I was talking to a fool. I knew. I knew that I was talking to a fool. Sorry for my use of words, but I knew I had seen one. So I took my things. <laughs> I took my things. I, I didn't move. I went, he was on this side of the auditorium, big auditorium. I went to the other side. <laughs> I didn't answer him a word because in case... He has friends like him. Do you know how many of his messages I have? 
Do you think I'm not wise enough that I can't buy the tapes? Do you pay price for victory word? I can't imagine Brother Copeland teaching or my dad teaching and I'm distracted. The devil is mad. Never happen. Can never happen. You know why? Your words of victory is in what you listen to. He fixed his gaze. See, and I told you, these are the things we're missing in faith. We don't take the word like everything we're trusting God for. This is it. This is the moment. Hey, you said something very powerful before you before I came up. If God wants to do something in your life, He gives you words to build capacity. That book that you stumbled on is for capacity. That message is for capacity. Are you following this? So you listen to the word like your life depends on it, not like your life depends on it. Your life actually depends on the word. It, you see, it's once you, I always tell you, you're one sickness away from being broke. All the doctors need to say is, we don't know what is wrong with you. They put you in all the machines, you sell your cash. Do you understand? The devil is mean. He's wicked. If he had his way, he'll kill you. So you can't chop with the words of victory. You see how inflation revealed how poor people are? Just a little price in gas. You just go back, your salary is nothing to go home with. That's just, do you understand that? This world is fragile. You need to feed yourself. You know, sometimes I ask myself, all the many things we're watching and listening to that doesn't contribute to our faith, to what end? What is the end? What do you want to achieve? There's life ahead of you. There are things to do. And God is God. God loves you enough that He has built a great future for you. He's only saying, "Hey, hey, hey! Believe, so I can get this to you." People don't want the hard work. I know this is not the kind of faith conference you wanted to come, but you are here and you're stuck. People don't want to do this. Now look at this. And had seen. That he had faith to be made well. How did this faith come? Listening and putting his gaze on Paul. That's how we have the faith. Remember, remember, remember. This man must have been going to the synagogue. But he didn't hear the gospel. He heard the Pharisees preach some bunch of do's and don'ts. But when Paul came with the gospel, it was not the anointing of Paul that made this man well. It was him listening to the gospel. Your pastor doesn't have to be anointed for you to have victory. Let him teach the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In the gospel is the power. In the gospel is the power. In the gospel is the power. If you hear the gospel, well in loud enough good enough just hear it I am who I am because of the gospel Pastor Dennis we need to preach the gospel more pastors the whole stuff we're talking about in the green room we need to talk about Jesus more it's not us we have taken too much glory like you are you know 
17 years ago, the Lord took my right finger and raised it up over my head. And the Lord said, I should use my right finger to touch my left ear. And the Lord says, Son, your, your nose is anointed. And anywhere you point your nose, doors will open. When we start doing all of that to people, people are looking for the next anointed man. What about telling them that, you know what? This is not about us. It's the gospel. Do you know when Peter raised that man, he says, don't even think it's by our own holiness. Ah! Ah! Imagine an apostle comes. A miracle happens. And he says, hey, hey, it's not by our own holiness. The apostle did not say, you know, when this anointing was being cooked in the cave of Adulam, I went 40 days dry. And I was <laughs> fasting and fasting. I didn't eat. And you are eating. You are not serious. You are not ready. No, he didn't do that. He says, no, it's faith in the name. It's faith. Jesus, it's faith in the name of Jesus. 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 It's faith. Glory to God. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name. Faith in the name. Faith in the name. In the name of Jesus. That name must come back to our churches. That name says it's not our own holiness, but faith in the name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's faith in the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's faith. It's the gospel. It's the source of faith. There are no faith giants. There are only men who believe the gospel. It's the gospel. It's faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. That name still works wonders. That name will still raise the dead. Ah, that name will still cleanse the leper. That name will still make the money available. Let's stop teaching people our strengths. Let's make it about Jesus. It's faith in the name. It's faith in the name. It's faith in the name. It's faith. It's faith. Come on, stand on your feet. I say the anointing of God. It's faith in the name of Jesus. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.